Hi friend, welcome to this week's podcast from the First Baptist Church of Nokomis, where we are building the kingdom of God through the lives of everyday people. If you are new, you can visit our website at fbcnokomis.com. Click on our visitor information page to sign up for our e-newsletter or to learn more about our ministries. We also invite our regular listeners to partner with us and support our digital ministries by clicking the Give Online button on our homepage. Okay, here's today's podcast. We're going to get into God's Word, and parents, if you're willing, it's up to you if you want your kids. Uh, I'm the only one that's going to hand this to them, but I want to start off with a simple test. Uh, I would like to hand your son or daughter uh, a sucker, so yeah, if you raise your hand, I'll throw one to you. That's my son, the first one. He's Okay, here we go. Look at that. It's for the children, right? Two of them? Are you really going to give them to the kids or not? I don't know. That's, right, ready? Coming this way. There we go. Who's over here? I will. Don't open these yet. Do not open these. Parents, if you have to hold on to them. Over here. Here we go. Okay. Apparently, we're not sharing. We're just going to go with, there you go. Actually, we're just going to do this. The heck with it. There you go. Everybody just grab one. Don't open it. Look out, Andrea. Okay. You people over here, you're, you're like, you're a bunch of suckers. Okay, don't open it. Don't. Here you go. More to you guys over here. And I know Brett's like, I'm not that old. Okay, well, then hand them back. I can't figure out it. Now, here's the thing. You cannot open these. I really hope I don't poke somebody in the eye. That would be bad. If you're on Facebook Live, you're going to just have to tolerate this little moment. But here's the illustration will make sense. Don't open it. If any one of you has a sucker right now and you keep it wrapped up the whole service, don't open it, don't lick it, don't, don't break it, don't do anything. If you keep it the whole service, at the end of service, if you come up here and show me that you still have it intact, I'm not going to just give you one sucker. I'm going to give you two. And I'm not going to just give you a dum-dum, which are really good, by the way. I'm going to give you a blow pop. I mean, we're we are upping the game. If you want a really good sucker, these are great. And if you eat these during a basketball game, you don't yell at the refs. That is really helpful. I think partly why they sell them in basketball games. Okay? So here's why this is important. And this is what's going to get us into the story real quickly. There's a video, if you go to YouTube, and it has this, this case study. And what they're trying to figure out is delayed gratification. And delayed gratification with kids worked this case study into existence. They brought kids into a room, one at a time. They sat them at a desk, and they put in a chair, and they're sitting there. And if you saw my What's in the Box video, you'll kind of sense how they were waiting for something. They gave them a big marshmallow. Not a little, they gave them a marshmallow. Well, I guess it was, not the minis, but the... Give them a marshmallow on a plate. And this is all they said. They said, if you don't eat this marshmallow, when I come back in, I'll give you another marshmallow. You get two marshmallows. But if you eat this marshmallow, you can't have another marshmallow. You want to talk about tormenting kids. So they show the video. It's absolutely adorable. You have to watch it. Some of them were really patient about it. They're just kind of like... They waited. Three minutes later... The person came in and gave them a second marshmallow. But then you watch the video, and some of them, they couldn't help it by just licking. <laughs> it's not eating it. I'm just licking it. And licking turned into little nibbles, and little nibbles around the top of the marshmallow. And actually, one kid, as soon as they left, it's like, <laughs> and it's kind of the moment, like, I don't know that they're really honest about the other one, so I'm going to take the one I got, right? 
Well, here's the thing that's really important about that. That sort of delayed gratification is the question of, is there something waiting? Is there something better for me if I, if I go through this challenging moment of patience, right? Now, exponentially harder is our world right now in a pandemic where we need answers. Now, follow this. The more you say in this moment, I'm ready for God's plan to be revealed, the more you might be revealing your lack of faith in the midst of the pandemic. Does that make sense? Because we so much want the best available to us now that we're missing out on the sweetest moments that we're going through just to that end. Jeremiah 29, 11, everybody goes to it when they need a verse, and we misquote it all the time. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. The reason that verse is so poorly misrepresented is that we think that means that God's going to give us his plan now. But before that verse happens, Jeremiah says this. He sends a letter to the, the Israelites in exile in Babylon, and he says, you are going to be there 70 years before God fulfills that plan. 70 years in Babylon, and while you're there, I want you to get married, I want you to make babies, I want you to raise those babies, and I want you to find spouses for those babies that are now adults so they can have babies. I want you to go generation after generation after generation, and then God will restore you and make things right. In other words, what June Dwarf said to me years ago, life is what happens when what? You're making plans. Life is what happens when you're waiting for something better. I ask you this question as a cultural architect. Are you making sweet moments right where you are? Is your days during the pandemic just in panic about what is supposed to happen? Or are you making the most of the situation? Think about it. Have you had times in the midst of some of the crisis that has been happening to still laugh? To still love? Are you flexible with the situation so that you don't immediately pass judgment because that's the easy out? It's something that just sort of lets it ruminate with, we're not sure. I tell people all the time, I go, nobody knows how to navigate this. It's just going. Most of us are probably praying the serenity's prayer, right? What is that prayer? God, give me the courage to do the things I can. The serenity to what? Accept the things I can't. And the wisdom to know the difference. That's how we get through the 70 years. That's how we get through the waiting game. Uh... I actually think that I have my, I'm bipolar when it comes to this. I have moments where I'm good with waiting, and then I have moments where I can't stand waiting anymore, and I'm kind of losing my mind. God, give us the solution, fix this, make something happen. Doesn't rarely happen. But I'm also the person who can make sweet moments in the midst of a bitter situation. Um, most of you know this. I love to scare people. I'm sorry, it's one of my favorite joys in life. We used to have those, those accordion doors and the TV was right outside of it and Becca and her friends would be watching a show and I mean, I could not wait till that moment in the movie and especially horror films. And you hear the music and I would go up to the accordion door and I would go, straddle the thing. 
Now that's okay behind the accordion door. I can, uh, the one thing that's a problem for me is I can let, let the cat out of the bag. I'm already, I'm already smiling about what I'm going to do. So by the way, if you see me and I'm starting to smile, you know something bad is going to happen. Like I'm thinking devilish thoughts. And this happened last night. We had a great time visiting uh, my parents, my wife's parents. We went to Peoria. We're driving back. And of course, like visits, you stay longer than maybe you should because I'm driving back late at night. And we're going to get home about midnight. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. I'm... And then once we get in the car, uh, how many of you are just uh, narcoleptic when you go driving anywhere? You just sleep. You know, like get in the car. I think we're going to get in the car. We're going to have a great marital conversation. We're going to have soft life problems. And I look over and she's out. We don't have that conversation. But because I was bored and I wasn't where I wanted to be yet, I was going to make the most of the situation. I couldn't help it. She's eyes closed, chair back, and I started to giggle. <laughs> she knows me so well. She wasn't asleep. She goes, don't even think about it. Because I said, and I, I told her what I was thinking. I, I said, I just had this crazy thought that I was going to lean over to you and go. <laughs> and she goes, if you'd have done that, I would have punched you in the face. And I said, if you'd have punched me in the face, I would have wrecked. And she said, if we would have wrecked, you would have had to explain it to the police officer. I said, fine. I'd stand there to the police officer while you're in the ambulance. And I'd say, all I did, officer, is go. <laughs> And she goes, and the police officer will punch you in the face, and you go to jail. I go, fine. It's like we had to double down this whole story that's made up. If I go to jail, then the guy I'm sitting in the jail is going to say, how'd you get here, man? I'll be all tough and big and be like, you have no idea how bad I was to get here. I looked at my wife while I was driving in the car, and I went, <laughs> and then he punched me in the face. <laughs> I left. I left we finally get home, and I get to go to bed, and it's still so bad. <laughs> 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 I say, I said, on the way back, we made this whole thing up. I said, you know, in the middle of the night, like 3.30 in the morning, I'm going to lean over and go, <laughs> So... Totally forgot, I go to sleep. For, I had to get up because I drank a lot of coffee to get home. And as you would imagine, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I get up in the middle of the night. <laughs> I go to the door. And my wife goes, ah! <laughs> and I said, it's 3.30 in the morning. Gotcha. <laughs> and she punched me in the face. sometimes guys and I want it to be just off the I want it to be so scripturally relevant and so and then I'm thinking this is the sermon that we've got to catch on to that what Jeremiah is telling him is the life is happening while you're waiting for it to be better so make it better now laugh live every one of us has difficult situations going on but you know that you can still be with the people around you and make the moment special. 
I made the, the, the sermon title Cultural Architect because I believe that when Christians stop thinking that world, the world has to be perfect before they're nice, right? That the world has to be better before I can stop being mean, right? Have you ever sensed that? Like, like I'm really mad that the world isn't that better place yet, that, that Jesus isn't fully known. And then people look at us as Christians and they go, but, but the face and the way you behave, Really, what Jeremiah is telling him is he's saying, you need to get restored and right with God, and even in Babylon, be faithful. The things that we think are holy, we think is worship and praise, and it truly is. But the thing that is also holy is your life everywhere you live it. Everywhere. And everywhere you live it, if you love others, and in difficult moments still figure out a way to make people smile, Still figure out a way to care for somebody who may in their own place and behind the mask feel alone and desolate and scared. You are shaping the world that when it comes time and God restores things to where they're supposed to be, more people will be in a right relationship with God because of what we do while in exile, while in hardship. While suffering. So you know what? I hope you have some laughs. I hope you have some memories to share that years from now will be very special. Because you can't guarantee the life's going to be easy. But you can't choose how you live it despite the challenges we face. You know, anybody see that where it said uh, in 1900? If you were born in 1900, you were born in 1900, when you turned 14, the world went into war, World War I. If you were lucky enough to not go fight in that war, you made it to 1918, you were 18 years old, and on your 18th birthday, the war ended. But oh, lo and behold, the Spanish flu took on. The next couple of years, you're part of the Spanish flu, and 50 million people died globally. Five million in World War I, 50 million in the Spanish flu. By the time you turn 30, you're in the Great Depression. By the time you're trying to get through the Great Depression and start a family, you get to 39 and the Second World War happens. And by the time you're 41, Pearl Harbor, you're in the Second World War. And by the time you realize it, some of your own children now being adults have to fight in the World War II. And then when we finally win and the war is over, five years later, we enter the Korean War. And then a few years later, we enter the Vietnam War. Somebody born in 1900 has a story to tell. If they would have waited till everything was right to live their life, they would have never lived. Instead, so many of them that I remember, even as a child, those grandparents at reunions, Yes, they could be cynical, they could be harsh, but they could also tell the greatest stories about a life lived, even when it was hard. Only then can you appreciate Jeremiah 29, 11. This delayed gratification when God says, it is sweeter, it is better, and it is waiting for you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm, plans to give you a hope and a future. Let's pray. Lord, as we prepare to enter into this world around us every day, 
Let us grow in our faith. Let us be challenged by the fact that maybe we have not added a smile to the world because we have been mad that you haven't corrected everything. Speak to us through Jeremiah that we can still live our lives. And in everything we do, those are holy moments where you reveal yourself in Babylon. You let people know how good you are because of how faithful we can live despite the challenges we face. Restore unto us a right spirit that we can spend that time in more prayer and in learning your word. More time spent with our families, our children. Conversations that we've let go by for so long that are just so valuable. And in the end, we know that you will come again. And you will make everything right for a glorious eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. See you next time. And remember, God is building his kingdom through the lives of everyday people just like you.